Well, good evening and welcome to our, our Bible study. And we're at the last chapter and the end of Genesis. It's chapter 50 and starting to read at verse 22. So Genesis chapter 50, starting to read verse 22. Joseph stayed in Egypt along with all his father's family. He lived 110 years and saw the third generation of Ephraim's children. Also, the children of Machir, son of Manasseh, were placed at birth on Joseph's knees. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land, to the land he promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And Joseph made the sons of Israel swear an oath and said, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up from this place. So Joseph died at the age of 110, and after they embalmed him, he was placed in a coffin in Egypt. Let's just pray. Our Father, we thank you again for your words, and as we come to them this evening, we ask your blessing upon us as we look at them together. Just teach us that you would have us know from this, your word, that we might be encouraged and that we might go forward in your name. Our Father, we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, Genesis chapter 50, uh, the last part of it, and the title I've put here is Joseph's Dying Wish. Uh, just before we have a look at that, just to remind ourselves that we come to the end of the life of Joseph, but it is certainly not the end of the story. We started this study in the light of the difficulties and uncertainties that has come to us through this coronavirus. And, and it's not just to us here. It is a worldwide problem. And we're being encouraged to look to God and to his purpose and we do it in the knowledge that we will not understand everything, but we know that he is with us in both the good times and the bad times. If you remember way back when we started this study, the verse we really started with was the verse in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And this is what we read. And we know that all things, that we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We've seen this worked out in the life of Joseph. And we will see it worked out in our lives as we trust in God's providence. We also see the provision God has made for all mankind. Through the saving work of Jesus who is the fulfilment of the promise that was given to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, that through them all nations will be blessed and all nations are blessed through the work of Jesus. So let's have a look at these final verses in the book of Genesis. As we read in verses 22 through to verse 23, Joseph stayed in Egypt along with all his father's family. He lived 110 years and saw the third generation of Ephraim's children. Also, the children of Machir, son of Manasseh, were placed at birth on Joseph's knees. So what we have here is Joseph was 56 years when his father died. 
and 54 years later, Joseph died at the age of 110. And we know that he lived to see his grandchildren and his great-grandchildren. We don't know at this point how many of his brothers were still alive, but I imagine that at least his younger brother Benjamin was still around. And during those years that they were together in Egypt, Joseph provided for the protection of his family. His family, the family of Jacob. The family who would become the promised nation that God would use to bring about his blessing to all nations. We've seen and we're going to see and continue to see Joseph's faith in action. In his life, in his death, and then on into the future. So we read that Joseph at this point, when he knows he's about to die, calls his brothers together. As I said, we don't know how many were still alive, but it's safe to say that there would be quite a few members of the family there present when Joseph made his request. Joseph knows his own future. He's about to die. Notice that his first concern is for his family and for their future. His concern for them is because of his faith, the faith he has in the promise that God has made. We come to verse 24 of this chapter 50. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die. But God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land he promised an oath to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He knows that their future is in Canaan and not in Egypt. He knows that when the time is right, they will be called to leave Egypt and he knows that it will be God who will come to their aid. You see, Joseph's faith is in the promise that God has made to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And his promise is in the God who has protected him and preserved him through those difficult times in Egypt. Has been with him through these good times in Egypt and has brought about these, these great things for his family. Joseph knows that he is part of that promise and that his home is not in Egypt. The next verse in chapter 50 is verse 25. And Joseph made the Israelites swear an oath and said, God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones up from this place. Joseph knows that when the time for them to leave Egypt is right, and he knows that that time is in God's hands, but he says to them, you must promise that when that happens, you will take me with you. That might seem like a strange request to us, but remember Joseph is faithful 
to the promise that God has made. And when we come to verse 26. So Joseph died at the age of 110. And after they embalmed him, he was placed in a coffin in Egypt. Remember, when Jacob died, he was embalmed and his body was then carried back into Canaan where he was buried. Here Joseph, because of his position, could have been buried in style like an Egyptian. Now, we still have some of those burial sites in Egypt today. When uh, things are back to normal, you, you might be able to go and visit some of them. But we also have many of the treasures that were buried with them and are now on display in various museums around the world. You can go to Cairo Museum and you can see an awful lot of these things that come from that time, the time when Joseph was alive in Egypt. You can go to the British Museum and see them. You can even go to Liverpool Museum and many others throughout the world. The Liverpool Museum, I can remember even going as a child and being amazed by these mummified bodies that would have been, as I said, around the time of Joseph and are now sitting in Liverpool Museum for us to go and have a look at. But Joseph didn't want that. Joseph must have made his own funeral arrangements. He asked the people who were obviously under his command, he said, make me a coffin. Now the Egyptians, they were good at making coffins. They made them to last. Then he would have asked them, probably the people who embalmed his father's body, to embalm his body as they did for Jacob. There would be no religious ceremony or, or attachment to this. He would then ask them when they've embalmed his body just to place it in the coffin and then place the coffin in Goshen where the people, his people, the Israelites, can see it. Why? Why would he do this? Well, he would do first of all as a witness to Pharaoh and the people of Egypt that his God, Joseph's God, was not one of the Egyptian gods. His God was the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He wanted them to know that his home was not here in Egypt, but his real home was in the land that God had promised to his people. And not only that, but the presence of his coffin would be a continual witness to them and a reminder that another deliverer would be sent by God to lead his people out of Egypt and into the land that he has promised them. That's why Joseph would have wanted his coffin not to be kept in that part of Egypt, but to be taken to the part of Egypt where the Israelites were, into the land of Goshen, and it to be put there in a position 
that they would be able to be reminded by it, not of the greatness of, of, of Joseph or of who he was, but for a, another reason. The reason was to remind them of the promise that God had given to them and that that promise would be fulfilled. And also a reminder of the faith and trust that Joseph had in God's promise. In his life, God, by the hand of Joseph, had delivered them and protected them. That would be part of their history. In his death, the faith of Joseph would encourage them as they went on to live in this land of Goshen. And the presence of his coffin was a reminder to them that through their years in, object, in, in Egypt, it was a reminder again of God's promise. This request that we've been reading about of Joseph that he made to his brothers and to his family, it was kept by Moses some 400 years later. In Exodus chapter 13, verse 19, this is what we read. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph has made the Israelites swear an oath. He had said, God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. What an encouragement that would have been to the people, to God's people, to the Israelites when they left Egypt and they're on the way to the promised land, and they have the coffin of Joseph with them, not to honour that coffin, but to realise through it the truth of the promise that God had made. Then, this request from Joseph was honoured by Joshua. Joshua chapter 24, verse 32. And Joseph's bones, which the Israelites who brought up from Egypt were buried at Shechem in the tract of land that Jacob bought for a hundred pieces of silver from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem. This became the inheritance of Joseph's descendants. So what does this mean? This means that this coffin of Joseph is now being buried in a grave in the promised land. And it was an encouragement to them as they entered the promised land, as they entered into that part of the promise that God had given to them. And you know, the request from Joseph is written down for us in the New Testament. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21 to 22, listen to what we read. This is so encouraging. This, this is to be an encouragement to us. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. Joseph didn't just mention these things, he talked about them throughout his life. 
And this was the way of teaching the rest of his family about the promise and about the truth of the promise. And it's an evidence of the faith of Joseph, not just to them. It's an evidence of the faith of Joseph and the truth of the promise given to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Joseph's faith in action during his life. Joseph's faith in action at his death. And Joseph's faith in action right through the future of the children of Israel and into you and I today. You know, Paul speaks about Abraham's faith in the promise. And this is what he says in Romans chapter 4, verse 21 and 25. And as you know, we're now into the New Testament. Abraham, this is who he's talking about. Abraham being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written, not for him alone, but also for us. To whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe in him. Believing in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Do you have faith in the promised one? the promised one who is Jesus. That's a question for us to consider this evening. Joseph, who was betrayed and sold by his brothers for 20 pieces of silver, betrayed and wrongly imprisoned. And while he was in prison, forgotten about by those who he helped in them leaving prison. But eventually Joseph, who was set free, who was promoted to a high position, gained fame in the land of a foreign god and foreign gods, but who maintained his trust in the true God throughout the times of poverty and depression. When he was there with no one else to help him, he remained faithful to God, through the temptations of the power and the prosperity that he eventually had. But through it all, he stayed faithful to his God. We said last week, and we looked at this, that Joseph is a type of Christ. And we can just remind ourselves of that as we finish this evening. Isaiah 53 Verse 4 and 5, speaking of Jesus. Surely he took up our pain and bore our sufferings, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. This means the sufferings of Jesus can bring healing and life to a heart 
that is dead in sin. Read again from Isaiah 53, verse 6 to 7. It's about us. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him, that is Jesus, the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before God, its shearers is silent. As a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. It's our sins that separate us from God's love and our sinful nature that keeps us apart. But Jesus has the power to bring us back to God because he has paid the debt that we owe. Again in Isaiah 53 verse 12. Therefore I will give him a portion among the great and he will divide the spoils with the strong because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors, for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. What does that tell us? Well, that tells us that Jesus sits in glory at God's right hand, ready to intercede on our behalf, on your behalf, and on my behalf. The one who can bring guilty sinners, but sinners who have been saved, by the power of the cross and by the grace of God and he can bring us in to the presence of God you probably know but Isaiah wrote these words of prophecy long before the death and resurrection of Jesus so listen to what Peter said to the crowd after the death and resurrection of Jesus when he spoke to them and we can read about this in Acts chapter 1 I'm just going to read to you first of all verse 22 to 24 this is what Peter said to them. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs, which God did among you through him. And as you yourselves know, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to a cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. On that occasion, when the people heard that, they asked the question, what should we do? Well, if you read on in Acts verse 38 and 39, Peter replied, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So this evening, God speaks to you and I today through his word and the question is are you listening and if you are if you are what will you do with Jesus let us pray together our father we thank you for the time you spent around your word and we thank you that your word can speak to us very clearly and loudly if we come to you and ask 
that you help us to understand it. And we pray that if there's any whose eyes have not been opened to the state they are before a holy God because they are still in their sins, we pray that they might see the way of salvation is through the cross, through the work of the promised one, the Messiah, Jesus. And for those of us who know that, encourage us by your word, that through these difficult days, that we might know that you are working, and you are working for the good of all who love you. That might mean that we will go through difficult times. We might suffer as a company of your people or even as individuals. But just help us to trust in you and in your providence as we go forward. Thank you again for these words. Thank you for the like of Joseph. But more than that, thank you for the life of Jesus. Thank you for the death of Jesus. Thank you for the resurrection of Jesus. And thank you for the fact that he is there right now at the right hand of his Father on high. And we come to you in his name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, and may God continue to bless us through his word, and uh, we will be looking at other passages as the weeks go on, as we gather together on a Wednesday. Um, we gather at the moment, the way we are, uh, by this media. But... We look forward to the day when we will meet together in our church building and be able to greet each other and worship together. But we know that while we are still, even under these circumstances, together one with the other and one with you. And we can all say amen to that. So God bless you all. Take care. Bye now.